0: You're listening to the Bill Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Midco SN is proud to bring you the region's best coverage of University of North Dakota Athletics, and that is the case again this weekend with both games of UND Hockey's home series against Colorado College live on our airwaves Friday at 7:30, Saturday at 7 on Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday morning, January the 28th. A little shift from a Monday to a Tuesday. Alex and Bill Shaves here with you. The reason for the shift, of course, is that Bill has been all over the place. Bill's been in California and Florida and and really being involved with the cutting edge of all these things that are happening in the NCAA. First off, Bill, great to have you back in grand forks. How was the week? Pretty crazy week for you.
1: Yeah, a little bit, Alex. Thanks. Good to be back. Uh, you know, the best way, uh, a uh, travel, um, a travel week or a weekend can go is uneventfully and fortunately knock on wood. (laughs) There were no, there were no weather issues. Uh, and, um, you know, airlines, you just never know, you know, you get into flights and, uh, but no delays, uh, nothing, nothing to speak of, so to speak. So I got where I was supposed to go when I was supposed to be there. And, you know, between the two, uh, Meetings that I was at the NCA convention and then our uh, National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics meetings, NACTA. Uh, you know, it really, it really crystallized a lot of things that we've talked about here in the name, image, likeness uh, space. You know, it's a really, really interesting, difficult uh, uh, scenario to try to get your arms around and think through all the permutations and there are many that's all i will say very many and so uh so learn some things and uh you know probably the very first thing i'll say is n- not even getting into what life could look like later probably the very first thing that has to be addressed is there were nine states. Now eight states. Michigan actually, a uh, quote unquote, delayed their uh, their time when they wanted to enact this to twenty one, not calendar year twenty. But there's eight states right now that are currently, if goes through and everything happens, will be enacted this calendar year. And I'm not sure that's necessarily going to sync up with all of the. I guess, uh, um, changes and evolution that may occur. And so that's kind of on one side of the ledger. So there needs to be that thought process as how that's being worked through. And then ultimately Val Ackerman, the commissioner of the big East and Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio state is, is co-chairing a group to kind of work through all of the issues and permutations.
0: So, so here's a question. Obviously that that's a good, overview of sort of what's happening if these particular states these eight states are gonna push these you know put push this into law what's that gonna mean for the NCAA when this happens when this happens this year we're, we're in the 2020s right now and what is that gonna mean though
1: yeah I think there's there's a thought that there needs to be potentially some federal intervention right now uh, it, ultimately to hit a pause for for maybe those states at this stage of the game, knowing there's a bigger picture that's occurring. But I will say this, and I'm no legal expert, I don't think the states are bound to have to abide by that. So I think, you know, whomever, it could be Congress or, you know, something federally would have to, uh, I guess, Ask, if you will, probably not tell, but ask the states. Could they please do what other states have done? Because there's some 30 states that have passed things right now, but I'll say 22 of them are not not in the calendar year 20. And so, yeah, I you know that's what I would think. I mean, I think there's other things that you could do. Um, from an NCA standpoint, should it go forward to try to get maybe some sort of a legal stay of some sort uh, moving forward? But that's not probably the best uh, solution at this point in time. I think the best solution is for states to make their own choice and decision to maybe n- not have it happen this year. Now, having said that, there may be complete intentionality why it's this year. And so, you know, uh, it it kind of likened to when I was in the state of Washington and marijuana was passed legally there. So you could do it in the state, but it was still against NCA rules. So there was a conflict, so to speak. At that point, and you if you if you chose to be a student athlete, you still had to abide by the association 's rules so it could it, you know so there 's almost like a different set of tracks that are going on right now there 's the track of just from a legal perspective how this is working out, and then eventually, what will the new day look like
0: so from the two conferences that you were at, and all the different people you had a chance to speak with and and spend time with, and people you got to hear speak what did you sense was the kind of the overall pulse of of what the the nation is feeling from an athletics director perspective and from you know just just from a college university perspective in regards to this did you see there was a kind of a, an overwhelming amount of support of like we need to figure this out to get things done so athletes can profit from their name and likeness and image or was it more was it a little more split what did you kind of feel was the pulse out there
1: i think that the thought is the name, image, likeness piece, I don't think very broadly there was uh, any sort of, I guess, negative thought process towards it. Um, I think it's more when you get into the details of some things that, well, how, that how do you handle this? So, so let me go through a couple different things. If you're, if you're an NBA player or a major league baseball player, you're an employee. So, uh, so start there. As a student-athlete, currently, you are not an employee. And so, so when you talk group licensing, like for baseball cards, video games, those types of things, those things are collectively bargained through your union. Well, to have a union, you need to be an employee. So that's not, that's not what we're dealing with right now. So there's some of that piece that's, that's different, not good or bad, just different. Many folks will say, well, let's use the Olympic model. Perfect. Got it. So kind of extra expenses um, get compensated in some way, shape, or form to play for who? We all know who. We're all playing for the same team, right? When you get to the college game, who are you playing for? Oh, that's right. There's recruiting that goes on. We don't know who you're playing for. So now let's talk pre-enrollment. When does the family and or student athlete get an advisor, agent, however you want to call it? Will that then impact their their interscholastic eligibility? Because that's probably not in the realm of rules for each statewide federation at the high school level, so there, you know, it's easy to say, you know, just do X or just do Y. This is unique enough that you've got to think through all of these types of things. Now, I think very broadly, it like, and then I think there's there's two sides to it. There's the side that I think we can all agree makes a whole lot of sense. You're in a class, you're an engineering major. We've talked about this before. You know, you come up with something that is not even related to athletics, right? It's the best new widget that, that does. You, you should have the ability to market that. You should be able to use your name, image, likeness. I made the next best widget. You know, it has nothing to do with athletics, just my intellect. I, I think we are all on that same page. That's not an issue. When you start weaving in your athletics ability into it, that's where it gets a bit confusing. And some of this has to do with where does it begin and end from a recruiting standpoint? Um, you know, should it be fair market value? Whatever that means, who's going to determine who the fair market, what the fair market value is? If I'm a business, let's just say, that wants to do something with Alex Heiner and I want to take... I want to, it's a lost leader for me. I want you just to do it. And I'm going to give you X, Y, and Z, even though I'm not going to make back that. Who's to say the business shouldn't be able to do that? And so it is a, it's a tricky, tricky, tricky conversation that I think we just need to be thoughtful. But now we're in a kind of a time crunch That's going to be very difficult to kind of, you know, think through some things where it just might be, we're doing X and Y right now, and we have to keep monitoring it as we evolve. It might be that way. Mm.
0: Feels like some of those states, obviously, are pushing the hands of the NCAA to try and speed this process up, which is why I'm sure, like you mentioned, 2020 is the date, not 2021 for some of these things to get put into law. One of the things that I read about over the last couple of days is sort of the idea of amateurism. And how that concept, which is so embedded in the NCAA's mentality over the years, you know, these are amateur athletes that was kind of part of the reason why they weren't paid or they wanted to maintain that amateur status, how that maybe that that doesn't seem to be quite as important anymore, at least in some. Scope of the NCAA. How much does amateurism do you think play a role in this, or do you? Is there still a sense that the NCAA still wants to preserve that model moving forward? No,
1: I I think I think maybe there's just going to be a redefinition of what the term amateurism is. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I think maybe can we agree that if you're not an employee, you're an amateur. If you're an employee, you're a professional. I mean, and then whatever, then you're allowed to receive as an amateur probably can change over time. And so I think that's all we're doing is, is, is figuring out what's allowable as a quote unquote an amateur. The other piece to it that is not insignificant is taxation. And if, if you start as a, as a student athlete receiving compensation in some way, shape or form, benefiting from your name image likeness that will be taxed I, I mean i there's no doubt about that so there's so start there it could be a simple 1099 i don't know how that will work but then at this point you know the your scholarship situation may or may be taxed may or may not be taxed right now right now you're not and so I, you know there's a whole level of taxation conversation that's going to have to occur that at the end of the day what you think you're getting in addition to what maybe you're getting today may not be the case and so that you know and i don't know whose responsibility per se that is to understand that i would say it's probably the consumer the person the person that's being affected i think that's the way tax laws are written right now. So that's another piece that has to be considered.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm all for getting the IRS involved. I feel like anytime you do that, that's always a good thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> said, said no one ever.
1: <laughs> so you could say it could be NCAA, federal government, and IRS. Oh, man. It's, that's a trifecta. You can probably get to about, I would say, a whole bucket full of things that no one has an issue with from a name image likeness. In fact, I would consider has been on the books and should have evolved long ago. I, I, I don't think there's many folks sitting in our chairs that have those questions. It's, it's now when you get into the other kind of areas where, you know, you, recruiting's involved. Um, you know, how, how do you monitor fair market value? Who monitors it? Is it our compliance folks to do, do is the responsibility of the institution to provide you opportunities for your name, image and likeness? Or is it the student athletes responsibility for name, image and likeness? I mean, I, you know, it, all of a sudden, you know, uh, we've got someone then coming and said, I had every expectation that you were going to I was going to be able to benefit by doing X, Y and Z. And it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting how this, uh, you know, goes in. And I, I thought, uh, you know, um, a couple of our folks, you know, said it right is, you know, it's hard in a sense to be a day trader on this and then pop in, give your opinion and pop out. You're either in in talking about it and getting involved or you're trusting the people that are in are going through all these types of things. You know, I was a proponent of, you know, can we just put a moratorium to some degree on everything that's going on right now? And I thought one of my counterparts said it fairly well. He said, it's hard to shut down the New York subway system and then do repairs. You're going to put a lot of people in gridlock. And so in some ways, we are trying to repair the subway while the subway system's going. You know, use any analogy you want, flight and air, all that kind of stuff. Hard to go to the hangar. And so we've got this large hundred plus year entity that is trying to then evolve to the next iteration or the next model of amateurism.
0: It'll be fascinating to see. And we've said this on the pod many times, but fascinating to see what the next step is and what comes next for the NCAA in this particular story what do you see as sort of the next thing that's going to happen is it something that is going to be kind of out of the blue and a surprise and we're just going to have to roll with it or is there does there seem to be kind of a okay we can expect this to drop next and then it'll be followed by this what's your take on what's coming next Bill
1: Yeah, I think like, you know, the first thing I I always try to compartmentalize, like, you know, how do you, you know, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. And so the first bite has to be what's going to happen with these states uh, that have things uh, that are imminent here in calendar year 20. And I think that's one aspect of it. The other side of it is, I, I almost look at it I think in my own mind, historically, I kind of, you know, recall when when Major League Baseball was going to uh, Congress and and with the whole steroid, you know, situation, you know, somehow, some way Major League Baseball came out on the other side. They did. They did. Uh, you know, they they probably amped up their their testing a bit. I think they included it into the minor leagues. I think it was to a certain level on the major leagues, and so it was probably much better than it had been previously. I think we're going to get to a better place. I just, you know, my my thought. I'm always like a, an optimist. I think we're going to keep continuing to go forward the the question i have is i'm not sure criticism's fine if you're not if you don't want to be involved in your critic okay i have no problem with curiosity i mean you know curiosity of how we go down this path who knows but you know some of our i'll call them partners have been incredibly critical and they're actually benefiting from this thing called intercollegiate athletics and so you're kind of walking two sides of it I think we just got to get to a good place so that it's, it's 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 a relevant situation for our student athletes moving forward because even as we grew up Alex the benefit or I should say the opportunities that you have now even from a platform standpoint and and to have followers and to do all the things that you have you know I think you should have the ability to benefit on that. We just have to be doing it thoughtfully. Our National Student-Athlete Advisory Committee uh, president, um, she got up and, uh, and addressed uh, all of Division I. And, and National SAC has kind of put out, I'll call it a white paper, and, uh, and ultimately indicating, hey, I, you know, I, we, we understand the economics of, of, of things. We really do. Um, But just want to make sure everyone understands that we've had unbelievable opportunity in in other sports based on this model to some degree. And, you know, I I just want to make sure, you know, we're being thought of as well through this. And, um, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, it could look very differently. I mean, you know, I think we've said it on a previous pod. Just because it's a rule today in, in a rule book at the NCAA doesn't mean it's a law. It's a rule. I mean, sometimes people get caught up in, you know, they broke NCA law. There's no NCA law. There's NCA rules. If you break the law, you go through the judicial system. That's a whole different story. And, you know, and sometimes we get caught up. And, and thinking, well, gee whiz, something happened with someone over here. Yeah, they've got to go through their process like any other human being would. And then it would come back and you have to decide whether or not there's some sort of, you know, um, I'll call it violation or or reasons why you would uh, reprimand somebody, uh, you know, from an athletic standpoint or a student standpoint from that, uh, uh, you know, from a UND perspective. But I don't know, Alex, I, I'm – I, I I would hope folks know that there's just a little bit more to this than simply saying X, Y, or Z. If you just want to say, you know, do do just pay the athletes, great. I, that doesn't give you much. I mean, that's, that's staying really at a high level. <laughs> I mean, to dig down a little bit and get me to how. Get me to how. I still like the opt-in, opt-out. I'll be honest with you. I still like, you know, the concept of if I prefer to kind of maybe take advantage of what is there today, I can opt into that, or I can opt out of it, and I can go make my own, I can, basically, I can go eat what I kill, and I have to pay the institution, the platform for that opportunity, but I've made the decision, I want to do this thing externally, and from there... It seems like then it gives folks an opportunity to choose what they would prefer to do.
0: So in that model, just last thing on this, and then we'll start to transition to some other things. But in that model, conceivably on the same basketball team, you could have two or three individuals decide we're going to go our own separate way decline a scholarship or, or those sorts of things and try and make that money back in ad sales. Well, the rest of the team who maybe isn't going to be a, a draft pick or have a, maybe a future in the sport could accept the scholarship and choose not to go that direction. Am I, am I reading that right from what you're I think so?
1: Yeah. I think, guess? I think there's gotta be some guardrails put in as far as, you know, what, what, uh, Uh, you got to stay within this fence, so to speak. But, but, but within that fence, you can go do it. Um, You know, if I come in and say, you know, I'm, I'm happy with, with, with this particular opportunity, um, you know, you start talking about some of the student athletes that are really, really at the high, high, high end level, we'll call them the one percenters or two percenters. And, you know, Kind of caught up in all this, and certainly if you just talk NBA, if you talk NBA, you've got to wait a year until you are drafted for from your you know graduating high school class. And in football, it's three years, you know. And boy, I, I saw I I had not seen the thirty for thirty, but it was incredibly timely. Uh, the Maurice Clarette one. I don't know if you've seen that one oh, or not.
0: I've not seen that though.
1: Yeah, the Youngstown boys, and it's just interesting where someone like you know it's if you look back in time and history is a great indicator of a lot of things he was caught up unfortunately in a situation where he was just physically ready to go play pro football and after year 1 after a true freshman year 1 because he actually came in as a in the january after so he graduated high school early and then led him to the national title uh, you know a 13 and 0 season and and actually he was ready and 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 then got kind of you know had to stay because that's the way it worked and then you know there were other issues involved at that point in time but it just it, it also I'm saying it, it's too bad that we all can't work in unison because the leagues the NBA let's just say not allowing students to go right from high school might have helped the scenario to some degree. And, you know, other folks will... Others will say, no, the NCA loves it because you want those guys in, in the NCAA. I'm like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that camp. I, I think, you know, we've, we've allowed those, those student athletes to get a year of education while playing basketball, and maybe that's a good year for them because they do learn some things, you know, on and off the court. But at the end of the day, I don't think any coach is really excited about coaching a new roster on, it, on an annual basis.
0: I would say you're probably right. I think that you see that in the success of some of these teams where sometimes you do get the right mix of guys and you can go have a successful run. And and sometimes you don't. Kentucky doesn't win a national title every year. Neither does Duke. Neither do a lot of these one-and-done schools. But sometimes they do when the, when the mesh is right. But you're right. It's it's complicated stuff. There's a lot of different factors involved on, on both the professional level and the collegiate level, of course, in that scenario. Something to monitor. Again, this is going to be a really fascinating 12 months ahead. Uh, in, in regards to a lot of these debates from an NCAA perspective.
1: And Alex, you can't, you know, and maybe, maybe burying the lead in all this. I mean, I'll end it with this. And maybe it's, you know, a modern, modernization of rules makes a whole lot of sense. And it's not in the Summit League. And it's not where I came from, the big sky. But there certainly are multimedia contracts for certain leagues that have gotten incredibly large. Over a course of time, and and I think you know that's where this, to some degree, obviously stems from, and that's where the majority of the state legislation has been. So, if we can figure out, in some way, shape, or form, to to do some things that does not, I guess, compromise this whole intercollegiate athletic enterprise. It may look totally different in two years. We don't know. It could. It really could. And I you know, um, but I, there's no doubt that that has been uh, probably at the root of all this, but we, we uh, as a as a, an association, have been for sure slow to react or even play offense on changing and modernizing rules. And it has a little bit of baseball feel to it. You know, where I kind of feel like if you if you pinned people down and said, you know, which sports are the most nimble right now in moving forward on some things, I don't know if the NCAA nor baseball will be in the nimble category.
0: Not not the most progressive entities. No, I would say, but doesn't make it right or wrong when you have a long tradition. Sometimes you want to stick to that, but sometimes you also need to pivot a little bit. The great ones adjust, Bill.
1: They do. And and you know what we do on this pod? We pivot.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. We keep the pivot foot down, but the other, there's rotation. I tell you what. Uh one other last thing by the way from the NCAA convention, one thing that came out of that in in a small nugget that matters to our UND folks, the St. Thomas situation. And Tom Duple was quoted. Uh, in the Minneapolis Star Tribune is saying that from the conversations he had, that he was very optimistic that St. Thomas was going to receive that waiver to move up to D1. Was that something on your radar at all when you were out in California or in Florida this past week?
1: Yeah, I did ask about that. And that um, conversation occurred uh, during the Division I council meetings. And I do believe, you know, in St. Thomas, because they've just uniquely asked for a waiver that no one else has asked for before, I think There's a tremendous amount of caution, as we just mentioned, about um, granting it. I mean, in a sense, because really what you're doing is you're really allowing for something that ultimately you put a rule in to suggest that you couldn't do. And I'm not sure that's what St. Thomas is asking for. I'm not sure that they're not right. In a sense, they they have been put in a position where they've got to find a new home, whether it be in Division three or otherwise. In this case, they're taking a, a hard look at themselves, thinking that division one is the way to go. They have a dance partner, they have a home to go to. That was when the rule was put in to go from like three to two to one, I was on the administrative cabinet at that point. And the conversation was more about transitioning institutions, having a place to land, as opposed to just going and using hope as your strategy. Hope someone invites me to the prom. Hope I get to the altar. I hope, you know, right now they've kind of got support from a, from a league to, to go about going down this path. But I think the council is sensitive knowing if this decision's made, it really in a sense is undoing something that has gone on. And as I just mentioned in the last little segment, (laughs) that takes a little while sometimes for us.
0: So you're telling me there's a chance, but you would not be shocked. Yeah. It would not be shocked if this doesn't get through.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I'm always optimistic. I think, I think in this case, St. Thomas has, you know, they have probably, I don't know of a more compelling case that you'd have, you know, but at the end of it all, you know, it's like anything else. It's like, trying to get an at-large bid. May not, you know, you, you think you have a compelling case, you think your resume stacks up, and then you don't get a call. That's yeah. a problem. It's a big problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not what she wants. It's not great. So long yeah, story short,
1: I think they've tabled it to the April meeting. And, I, um, And again, I read the same article you did. I think in fairness, to St. Thomas they need to know who they're recruiting at this point in time yeah. and you know recruiting's a couple of years out and a little bit different if you're recruiting I'll say a division 1 athlete to the summit league versus wherever they might be going i mean you know it might be similar situation that you're going at certain games but you do need to know that to be fair
0: hopefully that can all be rectified because again you talk about from a recruiting standpoint but also from a scheduling standpoint and how this will affect the Summit League and how this is going to change potentially the Pioneer League for football or whatever they do for hockey and all the all the different entities that are going to be affected by this those things have to happen sooner than later
1: well and that's that's the tough one you need you, right you need like us right you, we've got the majority of our sports in the Summit League but uh, you know the the information and the input and the investment in the Missouri Valley Football Conference for us and the NCHC in some ways is no less just because you're going into meetings that maybe you're discussing one sport versus a multi-sport league. And, and for them, you're right, they're gonna, they've got work to do not only for the majority of their sports, but the other sports as well.
0: Hmm. Well, hopefully those things can get figured out this spring. And by the 2021-2022 campaign, we'll have this all figured out. Months in advance.
1: Yeah, and I and I feel for you know them and and I know Tom's working on it hard. Uh, you know, again, I think it, there's no there's no uh, no one in the Summit League and or uh, uh, at all the schools in the Summit League that would not like to be at an even number of schools at some point for all the reasons we've discussed on previous pods. You know, but we've been you know just deep into it. Like this past week was just tricky. I mean, we had a home basketball game on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And 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 if as you draw it up, that's probably not great for for the fans, for sure. I mean, you know, it might be good for Midco. I mean, it could be. I mean, you Uh, you get content every night, (laughs) which is okay. At least at least there's some benefit to it. But I think from our fans standpoint, that's hard. It's really hard. We're asking a lot of them. And so, um, so I think there's no doubt everyone's, uh, you know, hopefully rooting for, for even numbers, but we'll, we'll learn probably more. Maybe now we've maybe kicked the can to the April council meeting
0: a couple months away. Well, that'll be, that'll be the next great pod. From the Bill Shaves podcast collection
1: i don't know, know. we 'll we'll have to think through and I know we've probably but we haven 't spent a lot of time on on sort of i 'll call it nCAA type information and, and, and scenarios and I think it's good information for our fan base to hear these are some of the things that are happening as we 're going forward and you know I, I guess i'm a i'm a guy that if you look back historically the reason why the NCAA was formed was because of student-athlete health, uh, specifically deaths in college football. And really, you know, between the student-athlete welfare portion and putting on, you know, elite championships, those are the two things that really the NCAA, in my mind, Bill Chaves' mind, it, it, we should be focusing in on all of the time. And, and I call it welfare, The, the under the welfare bucket, is really this NIL bucket, right? So, Mm -hmm. so really those are the two things, everything else we do. And that's kind of where I was in the boat of sort of moratorium type scenario is that if it doesn't connect with those two things right now, can we kind of figure out those two and then go on to everything else at this stage? That's just me (laughs) just whistling in the wind (laughs) back in grand forks.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, good. Well, Another year, another NCAA convention in the books. Thanks for going out there and representing uh, UND and being a voice for folks in this part of the world. And thanks for bringing back some of that information, Bill. Good stuff.
1: Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh,
0: Before we get into some UND news, I do want to talk about this, of course, the big news from the weekends. uh, The tragedy involving Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the seven other folks that were killed in a helicopter crash on Sunday. Just shocking news and something that was... Very relevant for us at Midco. It happened right in the middle of an NDSU Denver basketball broadcast. And Brian Sean and Greg Steeman got the news during halftime and had a chance to kind of talk about it because it was such a huge thing. Obviously, Kobe didn't even play college basketball, but just over transcended all those demographics and groups because he was a guy that was in our lives for 20-plus years as a player. And when things like this happen when, to a 41-year-old person that's so active and present in, in in the culture, really, it really hit home. And it's been a couple days now. And that still has been front page of everything, just what's been going on with this. I, how, what, what were your thoughts about this whole process? And how did you take the tragedy?
1: Yeah, I think all of us, you know, you know, the thing that struck me was obviously, obviously, nine lives were, were lost, which is so incredibly sad. And, it, you know, it happened in how someone's doing their routine day. You know, and you could say, well, maybe taking a helicopter somewhere is not routine, but for Kobe, it was. I mean, he, he, you know, I mean, g- given how he, 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 you know, moved around in L.A., I, I think that was. Countless number of times he had, you know, done something like that. And so, you know, and for the others, you know, they were just, you know, he was going to coach his daughter's basketball game. I mean, that, you know, that, how many, you know, people have, you know, you know, they have, you know, woken up on a Saturday or a Sunday going to their, their, you know, kids games. And, you know, either you're a part of it as a spectator or, or potentially coaching or keeping score or whatever you're doing. And, you know, that you don't expect it. It's just incredibly surprising surprising, sad, um, you know, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I think all of us are, you you're shaken in that regard. So uh, yeah, obviously everything goes out to those families and what they're dealing with and uh, uh, really, really tough. You're right. Kobe, Kobe was, so, you know, I guess I'm old enough that I grew up when the NBA was really struggling in the 70s, really struggling and, you know, uh, really kind of coming off it's really i think there's been like three different eras maybe but but really the whole first era was getting their whole league figured out and then all of a sudden the Celtics kind of win 11 out of 13 and you know it's kind of still a smaller league uh, you know then the 70s sort of happened and i think a lot of uh, franchises kind of uh, you know uh, came to fruition but boy, they were struggling. I mean, they didn't have a television contract. That was great. Um, a lot of drug use. There was a lot of things going on. And then, and then, it really, it almost turned on the Michigan State Indiana State game. You know, when when Magic and Larry entered the league, and that coincided with David Stern taking over the league, and obviously uh, with Commissioner Stern passing away. Um, you know those two in the 80s if you ever you know i was growing up in the 80s i mean it it was magic and bird i mean it was unbelievable and then here comes this guy michael jordan right and so then then you get michael jordan and really at, the, at that point he passes the baton to kobe who then pretty much passes it to lebron and that that's been kind of the successions. I know there's other great players during that time period, but I I think from an NBA standpoint, that's kind of how that league has grown and certainly worldwide.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, You know, we're both Celtics guys. So neither of us were, were quote unquote fans of him as a player and rooted against him. And, And, and so that's, you know, when you think about his career, you know you think about all those Lakers-Celtics games, and certainly played in a couple of finals against each other. And we got one, and they got one uh, in '08 and '2010. But you had so much respect for the guy and feared him as as a player that you rooted against because he had the ability to take over games and was a fierce competitor and a guy that typically got the job done. I mean, won five titles. He won a title, so he played for twenty seasons, and a fourth of those years he won a championship. That's pretty good
1: he, he kind of reminded me like a uh, Mariano Rivera or Derek Jeter, you know, just, uh, you know, you just respected how hard he worked and, you know, and the, in the different layers to his career. And, uh, you know, certainly he had the, you know, the Shaq years and then, uh, and then, and then did it without Shaq. And so uh, yeah, just, just incredible. I, it, it's, of all the things that I, I think I watched that night, and it, and it just, I don't I don't know why it surprised to me, and I guess I wasn't really tracking on it. It is interesting to me. He he scored the second most points in an NBA game. I, I just, I, I just, I thought it would be more, actually. <laughs> Not, I mean, 81's a lot. I, I just thought that it would have been, it wouldn't have been him. I remember his 81-point game, but it was interesting to me that it was like Wilt and then him at 81. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he did some special things,
1: and then scoring sixty at the you know his last game of the year, uh, last game of his career. I mean, it was just tremendous. So, yep, very sad, very very sad, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, so it's one of those things that's comes out of nowhere, and it just reminds you. And we talked about this just recently with, with people in the UND community that have suffered through tragedy. Sometimes life comes at you hard and, and takes turns that you don't expect. And the hope is is that through this, and you've seen this, this the outpouring of love and support for, for the Bryant family and for the other folks that were involved in the accident. It, hopefully that in the midst of this tragedy that good can come out of it. And that's what we've sort of seen, just sort of this embrace about, you know, life life's more important than the final score, but also too, life's more important than hate. You know, love is bigger than that. And for all the stories about how fathers have, you know, kind of tried to make that extra step to be better parents because, you know, Kobe obviously was making steps to be a great dad to his daughter, like all the things that have come from that. That's what you hope from something like this, that that legacy, which he was already leaving as, you know, someone that was very active in a lot of different ways. Hopefully that can transcend beyond his death.
1: Well, no doubt about it, and you know and and I know we also got some some news with uh you know Shelby amsley Benzie you know a, a former goalie here on the women 's ice hockey mm-hmm. team, and she had you know an accident and we 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 again we're our thoughts and prayers are with her and the family and making sure that they're you know that she's doing as well as she could be doing, and have certainly you know hunter pinky of course hunter's always in our thoughts as well, and you know as he's uh rehabbing at Craig Rehabilitation in denver and so life is precious, Alex. I mean, you know, you just, uh, you know, you, you, just, you don't, no one's, no one's promised the next, the next hour, forget about the next, uh, you know, next day, the next hour. And so, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, you, you make the best of what you got and, uh, you try to make, uh, this place a little bit better than, than, than I guess how you found it.
0: Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. Um, well, transitioning from from that, we do have a couple of couple UND things to kind of run down from an athletic standpoint. And we'll be quick because really it was a lot of positive things to talk about. Men's and women's hoops, as you mentioned, those four home games this past week. They take three of four. The men get a nice home sweep of Denver and Western Illinois. The women fall to the Pioneers but bounce back with a really big win over a Western Illinois team that was the hottest team outside of South Dakota in the league coming into Grand Forks. They're both now at four and four right in the middle of the standings. I believe the women are in fourth right now the men are kind of in that dogfight fifth sixth still but just a game back of some of the teams at the top got to be feeling pretty good right now coming off a really strong weekend for both Paul Sather's crew and Travis Brewster's
1: yeah it's funny they both have gotten their different ways
0: very yeah. consistent
1: <laughs> lineup, right on the men's side, and you know, Coach Brewster still working through you know uh, new lineups and in and, and, and rotations, and you know, I, again, I know we talked about it last week, and I, I but you know, you you take out um, a. a, a, a big presence in your lineup uh that that can be you know obviously very difficult you know may especially midway through the year after you've gotten some consistency so uh um so I think we're still trying to figure that out but you're right I mean it's kind of set us up after eight games Alex I mean we're just, sort of just sitting there in the middle and uh we just gotta uh, continue to figure out how to keep playing better um and like I said both teams have different stories right now yeah. uh, one's deep deeper right now or using more players and trying to figure out how that works while the other has been very consistent with the lineup and and really is 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 watching you know a, a set of seniors kind of lead them right now with you know and obviously marlon stewart picking up his third player of the year uh player of the year player of the uh week hours maybe i'm <laughs> getting getting out of yourself yeah there you go
0: prognostication from bill well
1: just yeah, hey just all you voters out there um so uh but <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day uh you know getting that third award uh obviously he's had a, a terrific uh, senior senior season thus far and it's obviously far from over and uh, exciting the way uh, this is all going to go here in february and march
0: i will say this now the fact that both are at four wins That bodes well for making the Summit League tournament. Now, I know that both of these teams have much higher aspirations than just sneaking in as an eight seed in Sioux Falls. But typically, if you look back over history, it's like the 40-point mark for relegation in the Premier League. If you get to 40 points, you should be safe. If you get to four wins, you should be safe to be in the top eight. So good things there that you can expect both teams to be playing in Sioux Falls. But obviously, eh, just sneaking in is is not the plan. And they'll both get a chance to have a practice-filled week with just one game on the schedule for both the men and the women as they both go to Purdue-Fort Wayne, the men on Thursday, uh, the women taking on the Dons on Saturday at 2 o'clock. And they both defeated Purdue-Fort Wayne in Grand Forks earlier this season. So a chance perhaps for both to get back above 500 in conference with just the one game on the schedule this week before they come back home for another long home weekend the following week.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think every team is just trying to uh, make sure that they get to Sioux Falls uh, uh, you know, at their apex, whatever that apex yeah. is. It could be, be due to injury It could be due however the season goes, but I agree with you. Um, You know, we just got to continue to play consistent on both sides try to win your home games just so difficult to win on the road i mean just looking up and down uh i know we talked about that last week too but looking up and down conferences and their and, and road records it's just uh it's really incredible the the, the records um you know to to try to you know, find a way to get one on the on the road um so we've got an opportunity this weekend on both sides so uh, let's see what we got
0: don's on the way for hoops the tiger's on the way for hockey men's hockey coming off a split in duluth You know, one of those weekends that's kind of best of times, worst of times, even during the game, you know, Friday night, game one, you end up three to one and rolling on the power play. Duluth gets a shorthanded goal and the game really flips and the goals start flying in and they fall seven to four. And then Saturday they come back trailing in the third and and Brad Schlossman had some great intel about Duluth's record I mean it had been 104 games since 2016 that Duluth had been leading in the third period and they had lost one of those games entering Saturday and UND was able to turn around a 2-1 deficit to win 3-2 you know again another case of a team just finding a way and even though they couldn't get it done on Friday to come back on Saturday and do the job again is further proof that there's something special with this team here in 2019-2020.
1: Games are fragile, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. Games are fragile. You know, you think about it. uh, You know, you can make a complete argument that we should have won Friday night and they should have won Saturday night. And so it got flipped. And maybe, as we like to say in English Premier parlance, maybe there was a fair result. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. So, uh, but it's just interesting. Yeah, up 3-1 on the power play, feeling pretty good. And uh, boy, they score a shorthanded goal. And then, uh, and then, you know, things just uh, went South for us, went North for them. And I think we found a way, you know, what was so good to see for this team is that the, the total bounce back winning the game on Saturday, but then even the bounce back in the third period and to find a way to, to, you know, um, to put two in, in the final 10 minutes, pretty special. So so you're right. I mean, uh, it certainly sets us up this weekend for Colorado College. And, uh, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, every every uh, every series in this uh, league is is difficult. So uh, uh, only time uh, that we'll see um, uh, the Tigers this year. So uh, so that that'll be interesting. And so uh, should be should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, at least during the regular season. If the season did end today, this would be your quarterfinal matchup. But you are right, yep. This We don't go to Springs this year, just like Duluth doesn't come here. So unique that you get those two teams back-to-back, back, the teams you'll only see once in regular season play. There were a couple of thrillers last year against Colorado College. Two overtime wins for UND in Grand Forks against CC, and then a split uh, out at Broadmoor World Arena. So that'll be kind of fun. Chris Wilkie, a former UND guy, playing against his old team. Weston Machado, a former CC guy, playing against his old team. Some fun storylines for this series this weekend and again an important six points on the line for both of these teams for sure
1: yeah you know and i think if you talk to weston and chris i i you know hey you make the best of the situation that you're in and then if you find yourself in a new situation you make the best of that situation and so uh you know they just happen to have history on on either side but you know they're going to strap it on this weekend and and try to get it done for their respective teams and in a way you go but yeah you know interesting weekend too because uh Duluth now plays Denver and so uh, Mm -hmm. that's an interesting that's an interesting series as well so uh, um, you're right I mean but we've got to take care of our business at the Ralph and uh, get that get the Ralph rocking and uh, see how uh, see how Friday can uh, uh, turn out for us and then obviously uh, try to figure it out on Saturday.
0: UND with a six-point lead in the standings over Denver, Duluth right behind them. Yeah, 2-3 playing each other. It'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out and if there does emerge one true challenger for the Penrose out of that weekend or if there's a, if they split the points and we're and we're right back where we started with UND with a pretty big gap over both. But again, uh, 10 games left in the NCHC regular season and there are only three home series left. It's unbelievable that January is going to be over this weekend and NCAA... Tournament time, NCHC quarterfinals, frozen face-off, all those things. I mean, that's really not that far off. There's not that much left. So get out and support. See this team in person. Not as many chances, at least at home, left in the 2020 campaign. I agree. Uh, Speaking of seeing teams at home, you have a chance to watch a little track and field at home coming up this week. The... UND tracksters hosting the UND Open January 31st and February 1st at the HPC. They're coming off a really good weekend. Their first indoor meet of 2020 down in Brookings. Four top five marks in the UND record books recorded. Uh, Adam Meyer in the weight throw. Lucy Steinmeier in the 600. Luke Lebat in the mile. And Erica Eads in the 800. So cool to see early in the season some of our tracksters really performing at, at really peak, peak stuff already in in january right now bill
1: yeah it, it, so this weekend friday saturday uh friday afternoon uh the multis go on and then saturday morning as well and right around noonish uh, I, i'd say in that in that uh time frame is is where i guess the bulk of the meat will really uh take place after the multis and uh there is going to be an admission charge just so you know alex so i would Ooh. i would recommend folks uh to go to uh uh, fightinghawks.com and go to the track and field, uh, page and, uh, you'll get some information there, but there's some, uh, ways, uh, how should I say that you won't be charged if you're a junior champions club member and there's a few other things going on there. So, uh, but I, I did want to make folks aware that there is a, a modest admission charge, uh, for, uh, for the meet on Saturday afternoon.
0: Good to know. Track and field in action this past weekend and coming up as well. Tennis in action as well, both the men and women on the road uh, in Madison and Omaha. No wins out of that bunch, at least as a team. Some good individual performances against the likes of Northern Illinois and Missouri State. They're both on the road again this week at Chicago and at Minneapolis. Uh, A couple of good opportunities for our tennis teams to get things going.
1: Yeah, tis tis the time of year where you kind of go to one place and you go you go play uh, two or three other schools, and that's uh, what's happening this weekend. Uh, our ladies uh, will be in uh, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis. They'll play Minnesota and Northern Iowa, and our men will be in Chicago, play Eastern Illinois, Chicago State, and and uh, Illinois. And so uh, so they'll get um, a lot of tennis in in a short amount of time, and then uh, again, all gearing up eventually to the summit league. I mean, so, so, you know, again, you're going to try to get to a a place where, uh, um, you know, hopefully again, you're, you're hitting your apex once the uh, summit league championships occur. But uh, I will, I will say it'll be, and uh, maybe next pod I'll have an update on this one, but we're going to have a a new scoreboard um, at choice. uh, And, uh, and it's going to be kind of a cool, cool uh, um, opportunity to folks to really enjoy the tennis. I mean, already it's a great place to watch it. It's kind of the like in the middle venue up above where you can see all six courts playing. But the actual scoreboard that we're uh, putting in, and thank you to a couple of donors that 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 made this possible, and Eric Martinson for uh, leading the way on this one. But uh, but you'll know exactly what the score is uh, on each court, and it's just just a it's more fan friendly, right? I mean, you go there and you just you don't need to ask anybody really what's going on. You you'll know right away which is kind of
0: cool it's always helpful
1: you still may not know what's going on
0: (laughs) Uh, well at least you'll have the opportunity the tools will be at your disposal if you can interpret them correctly to find out who's winning and who needs to make a comeback well good stuff well best of luck to all of you and these teams in action coming up this week anything else on your plate bill from a UND perspective
1: no I think I think we're good um you know, we probably should just flip uh, quickly to the B side and maybe maybe hit a few things. I saw where you said uh, forty points is is the deal. Well, my team's at thirty four right now, yeah. so <laughs> I, I, I mean you're you're twenty seven clear of that. So I I'm six I'm six shy at this point. So there you go. Time,
0: plenty of time for the Spurs to make the comeback. Uh, it was a, it was an FA Cup weekend so no Premier League updates there is one update though regarding your Spurs today Christian Eriksen we've been talking about this for a long time initially in my rundown I had because this is our last pod before the window shuts January transfer window will end on January the 31st and going into February the 1st I was gonna say hey Bill you think is he in or is he out well he's out we, we, we know today that he's moved on a 20 million euro move to Inter Milan that had been rumored really since the first of the year goodbye to Christian Giovanni Lucelso though officially in now they've Got the paperwork figured out so it's a permanent deal. Last words on Christian Eriksson, the, the Danish dynamite that's been so good for your team the last couple years?
1: No, he's, he's been great. I, I mean, good for him. I mean, he goes to his next chapter. It's just, it, it, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get any real production from him recently because he didn't leave during the summer window. And that would have been probably, if you've looked back at it, this whole, from that, from the summer window to this window, hasn't been awesome. And so, you know, and like you said, I think, you know, they've kind of bubble wrapped him a little bit. And so made sure that he he could bring him something because uh, he would have went for nothing if he went to this summer. But uh, my son is texting me saying Steven Bergwin from PSV is now a spur I don't know what that means, so I will find out what that is at some point. But I, I don't know anything about Stephen. Um, welcome to the club. Um, get us to forty points would be my my initial uh, gut. But uh, um, but yeah, good for Christian. I, I, funny he ended up going to Inter, huh? I mean, I think he had I think he had other aspirations. Would be my guess.
0: I believe there was a club or two in Spain that he had his eye on that decided in the end that maybe he wasn't quite up to their standard. So. I think he's a great player, but like you said, he's built in the game of soccer. It's been long said that there are artists and there are soldiers, and he is an artist. He's not a soldier. And if you're okay with him being able to express himself artistically, and you've got guys around him that can protect him. He's a great player. If you expect him to track back and do the dirty work and think he's going to be that type of a box-to-box midfielder, you will be left wanting because that's not what he does. But there was a great stat. And we talked about this in the pod. I mean, he's scored more, more goals from dead balls in like the last six years in the Premier League than anybody else. He's got a, a beautifully cultured right foot. <laughs> and he's still only 27 years old but yeah at Inter Milan right now it seems to just be stockpiling these old Premier League stars Antonio Conte who was the former Chelsea manager of course and former Juve a- manager before that just bought Victor Moses your former Chelsea guy now he's bringing in Ericsson he's got Lukaku he's got all these guys that used to be in the Premier League and maybe were a little bit over the hill they're all going to enter so Christian Ericsson joining that train <laughs> from England to Italy
1: well, you could you could argue then it's a perfect description. Um, it, it, that's part of the Spurs problem. They're just not gritty enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can have that many I don't know, artists on the field at once. I mean, and I, I think they have a few others that can help in some way. The one thing he had, he he was probably. the most, uh, I guess, artistic when it came to trying to break through teams that really pack it in against you. And, but, um, you know, I I think the last year has been, um, it would have been, he stayed too long. That's all I'll tell you. Stayed too long. And and, and I wish him well. He's been, he was great though. He was great. I, I always loved watching him play, but you're right. I mean, he up and down the, the pitch the field i he he's going to be one of those guys that um i don't know when when push came to absolute shove and you're in one of those tough tough mass matches it you know um he might be able to get run off the ball a little bit
0: yeah or he could score a billion free kick for you and win the game
1: that so. was the yin and the yang wasn't it yeah. so yeah so who knows i mean they're they're they you know they're they've got uh We'll see what happens. They, they drew uh, with Southampton and the FA Cup. So they've got to they've come back. And if they win that, they actually have Norwich City, which should get them through to the next round after that. So I, I think if, if Mourinho's there, he, he does like to win trophies. So my guess is he'll figure out how to get, get them to the place to try to win a trophy. I just don't know if they have enough talent right now, especially with Kane. Now, I didn't realize Kane had to have surgery. Holy cow. Wow.
0: Yeah, bad hamstring tear for Harry. So he could be out even for the Euros for England. Like he might, it's a long term deal. So that's, that's, uh, that's tough. That's, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, and it's tough because you play Man City <laughs> at the weekend. You get to host Pep and the citizens. So maybe that, that haul of 34 points, you might not be adding to that come this weekend. But but best of luck to you on a Sunday morning.
1: The problem with playing City is I'm not sure how, um, uh, they know they know the story in the premier league this year so y- y- you could be another non top 6 teams and maybe you don't get incredible focus from them if you're tottenham or arsenal or man u you're going to get a good city team you just will you know i mean i you know you th- Burnley or Bournemouth might sneak up on them or do something. Who knows? But uh, we're not sneaking up on them. So, uh, so uh, hey, a draw would be okay this weekend.
0: I would say so. Take the point.
1: They're in a batch with about four or five teams that, you know, one of them's got to come out of it, but they're all seriously flawed.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Well, we'll find out over the course of the next 13, 14 games or so in the Premier League before things all wrap up come May. You now, that, that game, by the way, the City-Spurs game I mentioned is on Sunday morning, a little later in the day on Sunday, kind of a big football game. And I'll get you out on this. Give me a, give me a prediction. What do you see? Super Bowl 54, Chiefs going up against the 49ers. Who you got, though?
1: Initially, I, I want to see, and I don't even know, I should know the I should know what the company is that the, it is. I I love the comp I love the commercial where the the guy does a great job in the end zone and he spells chefs.
0: Oh, <laughs> I want to. That's a Snickers commercial, I think, isn't it? Because that hungry.
1: has to come rolling back out, right? <laughs> I mean, for the Super Bowl. I, I mean, that's initially where I, I'm hopeful of. Let's start there. I, I, we need that Snickers commercial. Love it. Who are the chefs?
0: That's great. Who are the chefs? Who are the chefs?
1: Um, <laughs> I, I think the Chiefs are, are, are going to get it done. I, I think it's going to be a really good game, though. I, I think, um, you know, San Francisco, the one thing, boy, they have done very, very well is, is get to the quarterback with four guys. And, it, you know— if if the chiefs can find a way and and mahomes is is slick enough that you know he might be able to get out of you know some some situations but boy if they do get to him a bit then uh then 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 the 49ers can maybe grind you a little bit and, uh, almost maybe a better version of the Titans in a sense of, you know, they, they, they can run the ball and, uh, and, uh, they haven't had to have Jimmy do much at this point, just sort of do what he needs to do, um, to, to manage the game. So anyways, all that to be said, I would say that, uh, I, I, I think the chiefs are going to get it done. i I, I find myself rooting for Andy Reid. I don't know why. I mean, I, I got no allegiance to, to Andy Reid. I like the story though. And uh, Kyle Shanahan, um, you know, uh, it seems like he's the type of guy that he's going to have more opportunities in life.
0: Feels like he'll be back. Feels like this won't be his only shot. You never know, of course, but he seems to be a really, really good coach. And this team is, this team is built for the long haul as well.
1: Knock on wood, when your team's not playing, you hope for, for a decent game. Last year, I know your team was playing. Whew, that was a tough one.
0: Tough one to watch for the neutral last year. 13-3. I'm yeah.
1: rooting for one, a little bit better, a little bit more action. And I think we'll get that with these two teams. I, I, I think so. I mean, the way the Rams came in and New England came in last year, they both had to play a certain way, to, I think, to, to win the game. I think we're gonna get, we'll get a pretty good slugfest here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a great game, and I'm with you. I think in, in games like this where it feels like the teams are good at different things, right? I mean, the Chiefs kind of have a high-powered offense and a, and a decent defense that's been getting better. The Niners are kind of built on their defense in their running game but have the ability to go downfield if they need to. I just kind of tend to go with the team that has the better quarterback, and I, Patrick Mahomes has been phenomenal, really, since he's recovered from that dislocated kneecap, and it's just, it's just tough to see them getting stopped from what we've seen their offense do the last couple of weeks. So I think it's going to be a good game. I like the Chiefs to pull it out in the end, though, too. I'm with you.
1: Well, we'll see how that goes. I, like I said, I, I, you know, the, uh, I guarantee it's going to be a good one, and uh, pretty much anything could happen. But again, I, back to it. The, the, the thing we have to worry about is that Snickers commercial.
0: <laughs> well, we'll be watching. You'll get a text from me when that pops up on the screen. A very excited text.
1: Wouldn't you recycle that? The the way that Geico has
0: been recycling all these commercials from 15 years ago, I don't know why you wouldn't if your Snickers. Just bring it back. Bring the thing back. Everybody loves it and its relevance. Let's do it. Let's make it happen.
1: Let's go. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Well, on that note, hey, we hope you enjoy your Super Bowl parties and enjoy a fun week of UND athletics. Bill, excited to talk to you next week about all this stuff when the dust clears.
1: And Midco, our great partners, will be uh, putting the game on. And uh, we appreciate everything that you all do for us.
0: Oh, well, so we, we appreciate to be a part of it. It's, it's a ton of fun. And again, like I said, we, we can't believe there's only the potential for a handful of hockey games left here at home over the course of the season. One cool thing, by the way, too, though, from a from a Midco perspective is that all these road games will be on Midco as well. If it's not on CBS Sports or if it's not on Fox Sports North, there's one of those St. Cloud games that will be all the other games will be on Midco SM are bringing back some of those road contests from St. Cloud, from Omaha. Thanks also, by the way, too, just while we're on this. Thanks for bearing with us. We had some technical difficulties difficulties with the station in Duluth so we didn't have the first period of Saturday's game and then we didn't have sound at the start of the second and our engineers are just and this, this had started at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon trying to figure out why things weren't working but we were able to get it on and we saw this great comeback live on our airwaves so thanks again to the populace for bearing with us over the course of a rocky road broadcast. Live TV we had a great text thread going because we're all trying to figure out how we can help and what we can do on social media to let people know what's going on and one of our engineers said you know live spelled backwards is evil and that's (laughs) that's really true things happen sometimes and and that was the case on saturday but we were glad we were able to get at least the majority of the broadcast on the air and we're excited to keep doing that with full sound and video over the next couple of weeks from the road
1: well we appreciate you and again i the the only thing you can do when those things happen is to try to keep people abreast of what's transpiring and you know you know we we have that when we put on the games right sometimes you just can't replicate game day and you can't, if, if something is occurring at that point, the only thing you can do is try to work it out. And uh, and you guys did the best you could and got the best part of the game.
0: Got the, exactly. Hey, <laughs> we got the good stuff on. So that's the main thing. We're good. Well, hey, Bill, thanks, buddy. Bill Shaves, Alex Seiner, Cassie Niles, our producer, saying thanks again for listening. Have a great week out there. We'll see you in February.